Welcome back, beautiful people, to another episode of the Pack Leader Mentality Podcast. Layla's back. You guys notice anything different? Those of you watching, do you see anything different? This is actually not Layla. This is uh, Lila, her twin sister. Okay, that was I'm really just weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. No, the plant is new. We got a new plant back here. <laughs> it's a new plant. That is Layla doesn't have a twin sister. <laughs> that was a joke. Can we just restart this? No, we're going to keep rolling <laughs> no, with it. No, this is weird. No, it's not weird. I like it. This is funny. It was a dad joke that did not work, it, it worked. It did not. It did not. you laughed, and I'm sure everyone else is laughing. I would beg to disagree. We're rolling but, with it. All right. Uh, today I'm excited because we have a, a nice, uh, I would say like a hot topic. Yeah. Um, and it's not a question. It's not a question. No, it's not a question. <laughs> I think I'm becoming a permanent fixture. Questions or not. Yeah. I like We don't that need way, questions though. to have Layla join us. <laughs> She's just going to be here to be maybe the, the voice of reason, the voice of the client, if you will. Right. Or just a fresh perspective. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, to, anyway, so today's topic is five reasons your dog doesn't listen to you. That's a good one. Why is it a good one? I think it's such a, a great topic because when I go through inquiries, you know, of clients reaching out to you, that's up there of my dog doesn't listen. How do I get my dog to listen? Yeah. Um, or my dog listens here and there, yep. you know, or... Yeah, so this is such a great topic. I'm actually really excited to talk about it. And I hope that I know that it will give so much perspective for you guys out there listening um, to have a better understanding of why and how to manage that. Yeah, how to fix it. Yeah, that's like probably the the most common thing someone says to me is, I just want my dog to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> to which I always respond, give me an example. Yeah. Because normally it's, it's it's like yeah the dog's not listening but there are a lot of factors and like things that could be addressed like one common one is usually it's it's usually uh my dog is in the yard and they're you know i tell them to come inside and they don't come inside and mm -hmm. that's a very common or my dog just won't stay you know like on their bed or in a yeah. sit or whatever or what uh, about um you know my dog will sit at home but as soon as we go outside and i ask for a sit yeah doesn't blow out off. the window yeah, yeah exactly yeah and we're gonna we're gonna dive into all that today and i'm excited too because i feel like i got some gems that i'm gonna drop and Ooh. and i love that right so and it's <laughs> it's uh it's recorded it's forever on the internet all right let's jump into it like this plant keeps attacking me in the background jeez i just randomly feel like i'm being poked okay sorry <laughs> kind of hard though <laughs> peeping out of the bushes hi guys all right we're gonna have to adjust the set later we're jumping into it all right so yeah reason number one and this is in no particular order right i just laid out probably the five common reasons and uh i say the reason listings some right okay some extras okay all right you want to say it go yes. ahead what's the reason number one reason number one they don't actually understand what you want no they don't what that means is a lot of people have the idea that their dog is listening or excuse me that their dog understands what they want but the truth is is that the dog doing it a few times doesn't constitute their understanding of it in its entirety as an example right if you start a new job and i'm and i'm training you to do a, a, a task that you've never done before and you do it a few times and then i ask you three days later to do that task 
and then I get mad at you because you didn't do it correctly or because you're not doing it. Or you you went on vacation for a month and you come back. Exactly. (laughs) And you haven't thought about it or whatever. So that's a really good example and way to, to frame it and to think about it from your dog's perspective. If you haven't trained something enough, then they don't really understand what it is that you want. And another thing to understand with that is that if the context has changed, if the circumstances have changed, then that also can change their understanding. A good example is if you train your dog to sit and wait for their food, right? So you tell your dog to sit, you put their food down and the dog gets up and you take the food away. And so in that particular context, they understand that if they don't stay in there, sit and wait for you to release them, then they're not going to eat their dinner. But when you go outside and you ask your dog for a sit and there's another dog walking by, they don't stay in their sit. And you would think that because your dog understands the word sit and what it means in the context of dinner time, that they should sit when you have another dog walk by. But the truth is, is that the reason why they're not is because they don't fully understand that because you haven't worked with them to the same degree that you have at home, right? So that consistency, every time you picked up the bowl, that taught your dog, you're not gonna get what you want unless you sit. In the context of walking by another dog or maybe meeting another dog, your dog hasn't learned that in order for them to meet that dog, they need to also stay in the same sit, right? And in that location. So it's really, really important to understand that you have to like repeat the exercise over and over and you have to train in different contexts if you want them to listen to you in different contexts. And one last thing I want to say about repetition is this is the same way that we learn, the same way that kids learn. Think about elementary school. How many times did you have to repeat a math problem? What's two plus two? Four. (laughs) What's two plus five? Seven. What's one plus three? Four. All right. See, why does she know that? Because she said it like a thousand times when she was in elementary school. No, but in all seriousness, you know, the repetition just can't be ignored it has to be a part of your training and you have to use it as well so what are your thoughts um well this actually makes me think of um the way you explain how dogs learn in pictures Mm -hmm. and i always love that example when you give to your clients because at least when i heard it you know it was like okay that makes sense why i need to like you said train here and then change the context and then change, you know, train yep. here and kind of build them up to that. So maybe you can go into more detail. Yeah. So dogs do learn in pictures. And so, I mean, so do we, right? When we think of, when we think of something, we have an image in our mind more than likely a lot of, a lot of people think that way. I'm sure some people think differently, but a lot of us have an image in our mind. So when, if your dog is not used to seeing that image in a new location, then they, again, they won't understand so yeah that's another way to look at it too is that dogs think in images like in pictures and mm-hmm. so when they learn here there everywhere they start to connect those dots or those yep. pictures together for the whole yeah sit you know means sit and wherever we go yeah down is down wherever we go heel is heel wherever we go yeah. come is come wherever we go really really important so what's number two what's the second reason number two You've misused or heavily relied on food, which is a misuse in training. People constantly misuse food in training. 
or again, like you said, they heavily rely on food, so the dog becomes dependent. Mm-hmm. And in honest, in all honesty, this is an issue where I can understand. Like some trainers, I'm sure you've heard, don't recommend using food. And while I don't agree with that, I can understand where they're coming from because it can become a hindrance if you don't know how to train your dog with food. They can get stuck depending on it and needing that. So here's an example that your dog is relying on food. If your dog will gladly and easily do a behavior if you have food. So this means that they know what you want from them, but they don't necessarily know that they need to do it regardless if you have food or not what would be important there is to teach your dog that even without food they still need to do what you need to do and we'll get into a little bit more of that later an an example too of a way that people likely misuse food is that they only train with uh food in their hand like in a bag Mm -hmm. uh, or just the food straight up in their hand so i've seen people do that all the time even clients that i work with who i've you know said to them hey get get like a training bag so you can have it on your side maybe behind you so it's not the focal point of training and and i'll go i'll get to the house and i'm like you ready like let's grab some food and they grab a ziploc bag and they're holding a ziploc bag and i'm like that's not going to work. Yeah. Well, the dog hears the noise, the that, everything. It, they see it. So yeah. Just... I mean, in addition to the fact that it's very difficult to handle a leash, handle the dog on the leash, and yeah. have a Ziploc bag full of food in your hand the whole time. For sure. You know, and but more important with respect to the topic is you're making the food in your hand the focal point. So yeah, of course your dog is going to do whatever you want. You're literally holding a bag of food, and your dog's like, "Sure, what what do you want me to do? Like, tell me. Yeah. You want me to do the down? You want me to do the rollover thing?" And so putting the food away and not making it a part of your, you, you can use it, but not making it the focal point of your training. Like having it be in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. And again, just so we're clear, I, I lure dogs, right? So I'll lure a dog with food in my hand when I'm teaching them a new behavior or guiding them, but I quickly move away from the lure. And another way to kind of frame that is a lot of people get stuck in this loop of, I would call it like bribing the dog where you're offering food first first mm-hmm. and i would like to give an example imagine we're friends right and and i say to you hey i'll give you 100 bucks if you help me move a couple of boxes and you're like hell yeah i'll do it and now what if i just asked you to help me move a couple of boxes and then after you helped me move them i gave you 100 bucks in that in that example the 100 dollars is more like a reward versus how do I know that you actually helped me because we're friends and not because I offered you a hundred bucks. Right. You know, you and wouldn't just, know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you train dogs, if you're always offering them food first, you're basically teaching them, I would call it a bribe, and you're teaching them to expect a promise of food mm-hmm. before they even do anything. So it's important to move away from that and actually make your dog have them do the behavior first and then possibly reward them with a food reward after. Another really common mistake I see in in the realm of misusing food is rewarding mistakes. So people do this all the time. And another example that I like to give, if we're going to put your money on the line. Imagine that you're paying me 10 bucks to sit in the seat and I get up from the seat. So you, you know, you touch my shoulder, you put me back down and then you give me $10. And then 10 seconds later, I stand back up and then you tell me, uh-uh put me back in the chair and then you hand me $10. How does 
how long is it going to take me to realize that I can actually manipulate you to pay me $10? And how long is it going to take you to realize that I'm actually manipulating you to pay me $10? And so when we put your money on the line, I think it would probably hit home a little harder, <laughs> right? Versus, you know, just thinking about it from the, from the dog. But I mean, really think about that for a second. If you're paying your dog every time they make a mistake and you put them back in position and then you feed them, aren't they just learning to get up and make the mistake because we're creating this sort of behavioral loop, loop. Yeah. right? That just keeps on happening. It's crazy. It's like little things like that when, uh, when I'm working with people that I see all the light bulbs go off in their mind. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, I've been doing that the whole time. Yeah. Um, so would you say to like in regards to food, would mm -hmm. you recommend then let's say I'm teaching my dog sit or refreshing that behavior if I kind of go back and forth between a food reward and maybe just a praise or a pet and not always rewarding when I'm yeah. training that behavior Absolutely. with food. Yeah. So basically like another way to say it is mix it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So give some food, Simple, maybe yeah. a little pet praise. Yeah, absolutely. Mix it up. So, I, you know, kind of put the food reward on a random schedule. Think of it like uh, gambling at a casino. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You don't that's know a, when you'll win. Yeah. But you know, you'll win. Exactly. Hopefully. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Re misusing food. Reason number two. And reason number three, you're all talk and no action. Yeah. Big, big problem. Big problem. I see it all the time. People just talking to their dogs. And, the dog and this does kind not of like, understand. yeah. And I mean, let's put it this way, right? You yell at your dog to stop doing something and they stop momentarily and then they continue doing it again, whatever it might be, right? Let's just say they're, you know, they're barking at somebody in the yard and you're like, hey, knock it off. And the dog stops for a second and then they start again. And then you yell, hey, knock it off. And they stop and then they start. And then you're just playing this game. What they're really realizing from you is that you just stay back over there and you just yell a lot. I mean, and for all they know, you're probably barking with them. <laughs> I've told some of my clients, I'm like, you know what? The next time that you decide to yell at your dog, instead of yelling words, I want you to bark at them. And they look at me and I'm like, I know it's insane, right? Like, I don't actually want you to do that, but I, I do want you to think about me telling you that because it's absurd for you to continue to just yell at your dog without taking any action. If you want to be firm and go, hey, knock it off, I'm okay with that, but at least get up and, and follow take through. and follow through and take yeah. action. So you you know, you have to follow through. Otherwise your dog will learn that again, you're just you're just words. It's just they're empty. You know, I hate to use the word threat because I don't think that we should ever threaten our dogs, but I think Again, to put it in, in perspective for us as humans, they're just empty threats. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But you don't do anything. You just sit there and you yell and you complain and you get frustrated, which ultimately leads to other issues because you're getting frustrated. Right. You know? And now your dog's doing it, but behind your back when you're not looking. Yeah. Or, you know, you get so mad to the point where now the dog is, afraid you know, you. submissive and, you know, afraid of you or maybe they become defensive you know, and they start to growl at you to which you punish that even more. And then you just have, again, just, it just turns into a hot mess. Here's an example too. Um, if you're, if, let's say I'll use a basic obedience command, like sit your dog, you tell them to sit, they get up. And, and in some cases people just let that go or they, you know, they say something like, you know, no, sit, 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 sit. And they're just kind of waiting for the dog to make the decision to sit. 
And so what I say in a, a good way to look at taking action is make your dog sit. Ideally, if they're struggling with this, you should have them on a leash to be prepared and walk them through it and be consistent and make a habit of having them listen to you. But if you don't, worst case scenario, guide them into a sit physically, make them do it every single time and follow through. Whether that's them getting off their bed, you make them get back on their bed, getting up from a down, you know, not coming when called, guiding them to you. In a lot of cases, a leash is going to be your best friend if you have a dog that's not listening to you and you're all talk, no action. Having a leash on them allows you to be able to take action. Simple things like that. And may I add? Yeah, please do. <laughs> also, a lot of times what I see too um, is that, let's say people put their dog on, on place yep. and three minutes go by and they forget about the dog yeah. and the dog's coming off the place bed so now the dog is learning cool i can get off at any time so yep. again they don't know the command to its fullest because place is place until released right yep. sit is sit until released so i know that you mentioned to your clients to you know if you want to if you see they're getting antsy or and or you want to release them make sure that's always on your terms yes. where you're the one saying okay you're free or off, yeah. whatever that may be. No, I love that. Yeah, we can't even add just a couple of bonus reasons real quick. Uh, not being consistent and not using release words with regard to obedience because that's super important. Yeah. I always say if you tell your dog to sit and they sit, that's great. But when do they know that it's okay to get up? And a lot of people just you're like, ah, you know, he, yeah, he sits. And then the dog sits and pops right back up. And I'm like, okay, but did you want them to get up right now? Well, not really. Okay. Well, what do you do? You know, yeah. and this is again, taking action and also keep in mind, teaching the dog, the release word and helping them understand that the release word is a part of the, the training and what's required for them to get up. Yeah. So nice. Good point. And also it's, you know, it's, it's fair to the dog because I can't imagine, you know, being told to do something and then just being like, all right, am I staying here forever? You know, like, mm -hmm. yeah when can I go get water or, yeah. <laughs> you know, my back hurts now. I've been in this position for, sure. for a long time. So being mindful of that. <laughs> the fact that you just use a, like a back pain. <laughs> so, so these are the things you consider yeah, yeah. when you get This older. is adult life, people. Back pain. Back pain. I hear you. All right. All right, let's On jump into the next number one. four. Be Sir, you do not read these numbers. I didn't. I, I, said, I said, what's okay. number four? <laughs> You are not valuable to your dog. Yeah, not being valuable. So this, I get, the best way to explain not being valuable to your dog is to say that you've allowed your dog to find pleasure in everything except being with you, listening to you, and engaging with you. And some examples of that would be like free and nonstop play. So your dog is just, you know... And before I get into this, I want to say I'm not implying that your dog can never just freely play and that it always has to be, you know, very militant or that's how, that's how your lifestyle should be with your dog. Like not at all. However, just always allowing your dog just not just freedom and everything, you know, they're free to do whatever they want. They jump all over the furniture. Uh, they're free to play. They start and end games whenever they want. They're playing with the other dogs and you're, you never really taught them how to take a break. Right, you've never interjected until it just got completely out of hand, or in which case they don't listen to you, right? Or you've never just taught them to, you never had them learn that it's normal for you to sort of interject. 
and you are another example of too much freedom if you will and overstimulation would be like meeting and greeting whoever they want on a walk so you have your dog on a walk and you know you see the neighbor's dog and your dog's all excited and they they pull you and there's no structure to it and you're not valuable to your dog because when your dog goes outside or when your dog is around new people or new things all they want to do is engage with those things not you and I, this is something I work on heavily with my clients that have puppies. When we do socialization and training outside the house, I say, bring food, bring toys, bring a good attitude and have fun with your dog. Do your best to make yourself as valuable to your dog as possible. And when you do that, that doesn't mean that they can never have interactions with other dogs or other people. It just means that you're trying to show them that above all else you are actually more valuable and more fun than everyone and it's some dogs are just naturally like social like more social than Mm -hmm. others and they're you know they're like the little mayor i see a lot with like golden retrievers for example they're just (laughs) you know the most friendly and sociable dogs but it's important to have some structure with that so ideally right if you let's use going outside with Mm -hmm. your dog. How would you structure that? Would it be, you know, the first couple minutes you are walking and you're training them, whether that's walking heel next to you or putting them in a few sits and then releasing them to go sniff and then you're playing with them first or like, how would you like an ideal outside session um, with your dog to, to be able to be more valuable with them? How would you structure that? Well, First, I would say that it really depends on the dog. So I would always take their interests and likes into consideration, you know, so I'd maybe bring a tug toy or a ball or food or high value food, you know, maybe I bring kibble and this dog doesn't like it. So I got to grab hot dogs or cheese or beef liver or something like that. Uh, But it's a combination of restricting them from having to, to, from being able to get to do what they would normally do, which let's just say, for example, sniffing nonstop. Uh, I would not allow that, not because I mean, but because I'm trying to bring the dog to me. I'm trying to emphasize our relationship and our engagement. And then with that, when I get the dog to pay attention to me, then I can start to ask them to do things and guide them. And then after we have some engagement, then I can also reward them with the freedom to sniff around or whatever that is. Another example too of having some structure with regard to meeting people, and I can't wait to actually make like a TikTok reel about this so that we can visualize it, but I'll do my best to describe it here. If if I have a dog and someone sees my dog or wants to pet my dog, or I know that my dog wants to have an interaction with a person, I'll ask the individual, hey, can you can you help me train my dog? So if someone says, hey, can I pet your dog? I say, hey, can you do me a favor? And then like, yeah, what's that? And I say, you know, can you help me train my dog? And most people are going to say yes. And so I ask the dog, I say, well, first of all, I walk the person through it. So I'll tell them, I'm going to put my dog in a sit and I want you to try to get them to get up. Their name is Brooklyn. And you're just, you know, you do whatever you want. Clap, do everything apart from touch the dog. So clap, get excited, tap your legs, call them over, whatever. Act like you have food. And they'll do all that. And if Brooklyn gets up, I'll go, ah, ah, you know, and put her back into a sit. So I make her sit back down and I say, try again. And then we do that again and then again. And then finally, Brooklyn ignores the person because she's like, yeah, it's not worth it. I'm going to be putting in a sit anyway. And then at that moment, now when the person tries to get Brooklyn to get up, I give her a reward for not getting up. She looks at me. Good girl. She looks at me more. Good girl. 
Try to get her to get up again. She ignores that person. Good girl. Here's a reward. And I'm teaching my dog that even though this person is in front of you and they're really fun and seemingly valuable. They're still a stranger danger. I'm more valuable though, right? I have the food. I'm, and you also have to wait for me and it's structured. And then after that, then I actually say to Brooklyn, okay, you're free. Go say hi. Yeah. So she can get what she wants, right? And so your dogs can get what they want, but you're you're becoming more valuable, and they're and through that through that engagement, they're also learning to to pay attention to you, which and is look at you for direction. Yeah. yeah, and trust me, like it's really priceless. When we talk about valuable, it's invaluable. It's priceless. It's you know people often tell me like I want my dogs to be like your dogs and I love that the truth is is that it takes a lot of work it's not something that'll happen overnight and it's a relationship thing it's not my dogs don't just listen to me because they listen to you yeah because of like food or even punishment or corrections it's a, a part of it is our relationship I can just walk around outside with absolutely no direction on with a blindfold on and my dogs will follow me every which way I go. I could ride a bike. I could try to get away from them if I wanted to. They would yeah. follow me everywhere <laughs> I go. And the reason why they follow me is because I'm valuable to them. You know, there's no command to follow me. That's I've never taught them you must follow me. I might teach them heal or with yeah. me and you need to be at my side. But I can if they're free on their own and I just run away from them, they're going to follow me. And that is a reflection of relationship. And And it's just so valuable. I can attest to that because obviously I, you know, you know this, but I'm sure some of the viewers don't, that you obviously spend a lot more time with them. You are the one that is providing that structure and guidance. I follow through with Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you teach them and show them. But certainly my relationship is nowhere near the relationship you have with them. And when I say I can attest to that is there are times where, you know, I'll take them on a walk and it's completely different. They listen to me because they kind of have to, but it's not so like, like I have to remind them versus with you, it's fluid. And it's very rare that you have to remind them. They just, they just do. Mm -hmm. They're like, where are you going? It's like a magnet, you know, where they're just wanting to be everywhere you are. Um, so yeah, I, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Not and, that you don't know that, yeah, but yeah. that is very but it true. But reminds he says. me of times where you'll be with them, and maybe I'll show up. Like I remember when you used to do pack walks. Oh, things go out the window. <laughs> and Brooklyn would see me, and she'd be with you, and she just wanted to get get, it. get away from you and be with me. Forget and it's it. nothing against you, but yeah, again, but that's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah. So she would literally. It would be so hard to walk because she would. If you were behind me, she would pull me backwards <laughs> trying to get to you. And there's times where I'm like, you know, take Brooklyn because we're, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it's too much yeah. trying to force her to come with me when she wants to be with you. And that's not the yeah. point of walks. So, <laughs> But to, to reframe and recap uh, point number four in being valuable, a good way to look at it is just trying to have fun with your dog in a structured way. And, and it, may inc- it may require you to temporarily not allow them to indulge in the typical things that they want to do like constant sniffing for example you know or constantly greeting other people a lot of times when i work with clients i'm like don't let your dog meet anybody for right now work on your relationship work on having fun with them and again to be clear hear what i'm saying it's not 
forever know, punish your well and it's not just you know like punish your dog for wanting to say hi to other people it's not that right you might i'm not saying don't give them a correction because that might be necessary depending on the dog but what i'm saying is focus on being valuable build your relationship then you remember you're primary you're the best thing in the world you're the main attraction you're the headliner and then you can start to allow them to indulge and engage with others in a structured way, right? And when you can do this, you will 100% see a big difference in how they listen to you and pay attention to you and look to you. And it's amazing. All right, let's number do it. five? Yeah, number okay. five. Your dog dictates when you have interactions with them. Too much freedom and free attention. Yeah, so very, very common. I see this so much with dogs. And, you know, not to call out any particular dog breed, but I tend to see this a lot with, uh, like, well, lots of dogs. But I think more commonly recently is, like, doodles. Mm. They can be really learned to become very, very pushy. And they dictate everything. And this is another way to kind of frame this is your dog just has way too much freedom. And, again, to those listening, I want you guys to understand that I'm not implying that you have to live with your dog in a way that your dog is like a, some sort of a prisoner or a slave in your home. That's not it, right? That's not how I operate. And that's not what I teach. That's not the kind of relationship that I want or recommend having. However, when you have a dog, we're talking about dogs who currently do not listen to you. And the reason, right, is because you allow them to do whatever they want, whenever they want. So what I normally recommend and suggest is we have to kind of be really strict and through that, we can start to get what we want from them and then give them what they want. And a really good way to, a good example is, it's like having a kid who wants to play with their friends or play their video game. Wouldn't it be a good idea to have them do their homework first and then they can play their game? Or wouldn't it be important for them to clean their room first and then they can go to their friend's house and play? It's the same idea. So if if we have a dog who's constantly coming up to me wanting attention and jumping all over me and this and that, wouldn't it be a good idea to teach that dog sit and have them sit first in order to get attention? Wouldn't it be important to ask the dog to, or excuse me, I should say, wouldn't it be important to have the dog require permission to come up on the couch so they don't just jump up on the couch and run around the couch and have this sort of rambunctiousness to their, their behavior? Another way that I like to frame it for my clients is imagine you're in a relationship with a person who is like constantly saying, hey, rub my shoulders, give me a back rub. And then, you know, the game, the game comes on and they're like, OK, don't touch me. Leave me alone. I'm watching football right now. Right. <laughs> and then when there's a commercial break, they're like, all right, all right, rub my shoulders again. Where were we? You know, just imagine being with a person like that. And imagine if the dog could verbalize their actions. That's what they would say. They'd be like, pet me, pet me, pet me, touch me. Give me attention, give me attention. Me All right, leave me alone. Oh my gosh. That's such a good perspective because I would never think of it that way. And I'm sure most people wouldn't. But when you put it that way, it makes total sense. Like who would want to be in a relationship like that, right? Yeah, so it's terrible. how is it different with your dog? That also is a relationship. Exactly. And this is what, you know, I'm really preaching to everybody is having a good relationship and this is just another way to have some structure and again you might need to be pretty strict with your dog in order to start implementing this and that's okay it doesn't mean like for example with brooklyn and logan they come up to me quite a bit you know logs is like 
oh, 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 he's moaning and, you know, making his little sounds and it's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. My dogs can come up to me and sort of be a little pushy. Why is that though? Am I a hypocrite? No. It's because at any point I can tell my dogs, go lay down and they'll immediately go lay down. I can say to them, please go away. And they'll literally go away, right? I can have, I have the ability to communicate with them verbally and have this relationship where I can tell them what to do. So because of that, because I know that they listen to me, they have a lot more freedom. And this is ultimately the goal is to be able to have the dogs that can be themselves because occasionally we might need to go, hey, relax, go sit down. Mm-hmm. And they, they do that, right? But if we don't have that relationship, then we kind of have this chaotic, excuse me, we have this chaotic lifestyle with the dog where they are absolutely crazy they're wild they're rambunctious they don't listen to us we've given them everything they want so they're like an entire little entitled little kid who just thinks the world is owed to them and, it's, and you can't it's, trust them. yeah and you can't trust them and it's ridiculous so again to reiterate it's important to have some structure and teach your dog i like to call it a learn to earn right like lifestyle or relationship to where you ask your dog to do something. Maybe that's just being calm and being relaxed when you first have company come over, right? And that, so when I say to ask them, we're not really asking them like, hey, can you please go over there and be quiet and be calm? No, you're essentially making them calm and quiet before they get attention. You have to be quiet for five minutes, for 10 minutes before so-and-so comes over and says hi to you. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to put it. And when you learn to do this, you can actually create more comments. You have a dog that learns that they can uh, get what they want by, it's kind of like reverse psychology. They can get what they want by doing what it is that we want from them first. And we can give them what we want to ultimately give them because they're well-behaved enough and they're doing the right things. And they get more freedom. Yeah. So it's just, you know, when you hear stuff like that, it's like, gosh, you know, I have to be strict with my dog now, or maybe you're raising them and you're like, does that mean I have to do this forever? And the answer is no, it's just building a great solid foundation. Or if you already have some of these issues, you're rebuilding a strong, solid foundation. And once you've done that and you've put in your time, it becomes so much easier for you to manage, right? And in return, your dog actually gets a lot more freedom and you can trust them yeah Yeah. and 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 know that they're good versus like okay i don't know it's a wild card what are we going to get today yeah another example that i like to give my clients when i'm working with them and we're starting to implement structure and it feels kind of strict i let them know i'm like listen you know i'm asking you to put your dog in a sit every time you open a door right now before they go outside to the bathroom something as simple as that you know and people might think man that's kind of excessive and i say to them just so you know I did this with my dogs. I no longer do this with my dogs. Occasionally, and at any time that I want, before I open the door, I can say, Brooklyn Logan, sit. They sit, I open the door, and they look at me, and they wait, and I go, okay, you're free. Yeah, but they're also great, like, when we open the door, nobody's bum rushing the door, nobody's... Exactly. It's just, it's very smooth. They just go in, go out. Well, and I give that example, though, because I don't always make them sit before I let them out to the bathroom. But when I was training them and creating habits of using sit, I did that, you know, and I knew that I was doing that not because every single time they go to the bathroom, they must sit because rah, I'm the boss. No, it's because I was trying to create 
structure and I was making habits so that if I did need to put them in a sit, Mm -hmm. because maybe the neighbor's cat is walking along the wall, right? And I don't want them chasing the cat. I can ask them to sit and they'll see it and they'll get maybe, maybe, you know, because for the record, my dogs don't really care about cats. However, we have a neighbor with a cat that roams around and they don't really like the cat in our yard and I, I don't blame them. So this is actually a real example that I'm giving here. But again, I don't ask them to sit every single time, but I can do that whenever I want. I have nothing else. You have nothing else. That's it. I was expecting <laughs> That's you to it. chime in again. Um, well, in regards to the numbers, um, but just to kind of add into what you were saying about the dog sitting at the door, that also creates context for the dog, right? Like, it serves another purpose of you have to sit here too. Yeah. You have to sit here too. Exactly. Like everywhere yeah. we go. Yeah. And if you think if about. A, if I'm commanding you to sit. Well, commanding sit yeah. sounds so tough. Telling but, you. Yeah. You. But like you sit wherever you're being asked to. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you think about everything that I mentioned here today, it all it's all connected in some way or another. And the funny thing is, this is actually one of the issues that I had when I first started with like social media because one topic kind of led into another into another into another and it's like you could be there forever you wanted to make a 30 second video and you're there 30 minutes later talking about you know something that seems completely unrelated but uh, i think that's it for today though i've really enjoyed this i like hitting up a fresh topic and uh yeah, we've gotten we've got some some questions on the way for the next episode. So if you guys want or have questions that you want answered, submit them usual, now. Yeah, <laughs> throw them in there. Um, Instagram at lead. What's my Instagram? No, that's my that's my email. Leader of the pack LV. <laughs> my Instagram at leader of the pack LV. Uh, email is info, info at leadyourpacklv.com. and. Was there anything else I wanted to say? Yeah, oh, just, by the way, uh, title it podcast question so we know. Yeah, and also fun fact, uh, just a little plug, you know, shameless plug, if you will. But yeah, a lot of the things I talked about today, I cover in my pack leadership course, and I think it'll be extremely beneficial for those of you uh, who are struggling with a dog who doesn't listen to you or some behaviors like not, you know, laying down when you ask them to. Just some general control over the dog in the house mm-hmm. uh and really i like to call it like foundation some foundational training and also what i like about i mean there's so many amazing things with the course to unpack but one of the things too is often we see people using training tools and they're not fitted properly and this course goes over that yeah. too of how to properly fit regardless of the training tool mm-hmm. on your dog to you know for it to be effective so that's that's in there too <laughs> yeah lots of stuff in there that'll be beneficial yeah. but if you guys want to check that out i'll throw it up on the screen but it's uh lotpk9training.com and yeah if uh if you guys have questions please shoot them over until next time see you guys later Bye. peace